Welcome to the Busy Mumsy Podcast. I'm your coffee-infused host, Ashley Verma, and I'm here to share all my ups, downs, and all-arounds of being a mom to my gorgeous Adia, owning a fitness business called Define London, and truly managing being a unsingle single mom as we cheer on my husband and his amazing business in Uganda. Oh, yes. Oh, oh. Is this a mic check? You heard that right. Uganda, and he is not doing the daily commute. So each week, I will be joined by a fellow inspiring, thriving, and surviving busy mumsy. We all need to take a deep breath together. We try, we navigate, and not be too hard on ourselves. I get it. I am human, and failures simply happen. I am not shiny, and I am never filtered unapologetically. I am, at its best and worst, busy mumsy. Before we get started with this week's show, I need to give a huge shout out to my much-loved sponsor, the one and only Fabletics. I adore the brand and everything that they do and have been a fangirl for some time. I had my first subscription of their leggings arrive to my New York City apartment back in 2014, and it's been fab for me ever since. Not only are they supporting the podcast, but to support you, my other busy mumsies, They've also created a special listener-only deal, which is two pairs of beautiful leggings for just 24 pounds. I mean, come on, guys. That's just 12 pounds per pair or just six pounds per leg. Trust me, your legs will thank you for this one, my busy mumsies. For more info and to grab this exclusive offer from my friends at Fabletics, click the link in the show notes right now. Now let's get into the conversation. Hi, friends. Ashley Verma here, and welcome back to the Busy Mumsy Podcast. Today, we welcome the vivacious Robin Herter for a chat. She is simply thriving with a 16-year Broadway career with a recent Tony nominee for her role as Nini in Moulin Rouge. I mean, come on. This is like the freaking dream. Tony nominee? I mean, just a casual tick in the box on her resume. What? So freaking proud of her. Now, before though we jump into this conversation, I have to say, Robin and I have been back and forth about when we were going to have this chat, and I'm excited that we got it locked in today, but I have to say, motherhood is beautiful, and it's wonderful, and it's everything, but it's also messy, complicated, and completely out of your control. So grab some coffee or a glass of wine, and let's welcome to the Busy Mumsy podcast, Robin Herder. Robin Herter, welcome to the Busy Mumsy Podcast. Ah, thank welcome. you. Finally. Third time's a charm. Third <laughs> time is the charm. Oh my gosh, I swear I'm everyone on this show, to be quite honest with you, I've had to wrangle. I've turned into not only a child wrangler to Adia, but I am a wrangler to the Busy Mumsy Podcast. I'm a hustler, man. That's awesome. You got to hustle. You got to get us. You got to get the rope. Yeah. Last of us, pull us so in. Cool. Oh, like, I, you go. Well, I guess, I, I guess this is me finding my New York hustle again. Well, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. I, I have to tell the listeners because I am that idiot. I literally slid into the DMs on the IG of Robin Herder and was like, I don't know if we met, but I think we did. And I'm not quite sure, but like I did a dance competition with your husband. Like, does that? I was like, Ashley, I know who you are. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I don't think, I mean, we we might have, I think we've met and I think we've done auditions together, but this was, I mean, this was a long time ago. Like, we're talking like over a decade. But we've never, sadly, we we never did a show together. We were just in never. the opposite shows. Um, but I do have some quite lovely photos of myself with Clyde, your husband, um, mm-hmm. back from 1997, 98. And his prime, his dance comp prime. What? Dance competitions, American Dance Awards. So I will be sending those over to you as well. Um, and you, can, you can hold those over his head. Um, anyway, so the fabulous Robin Herter has a lovely little boy named Hudson. Yes. How old is he now? He's eight. He, he, uh, he'll be nine December 20th. It's really crazy. Like how, how fast I look at him now and I'm just like, who are you? You've got like a jawline forming, you know, and the way he looks at me and the way he, the, the way he's talking to me, I'm just like, it's going too fast. It's going too fast. It's going too fast. Like what happened? 
You well, know? let's slow down then. Let, 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 let's say, let's slow down and let's go back to when you found out you got pregnant. I did. Yeah. I, um, it was back in, uh, 2000 and, um, it was right. It was the beginning of 2013 and I was doing nice work if you can get it. And I just, you know, I think burnout happens in, in different forms. Um, for instance, and we'll get to that later, but Moulin Rouge, that was a different kind of physical burnout. Um, this was like, I need to take a break from musical theater. Like I need to make sure that I really want to do this because I kind of didn't know who I was. I was in this place where I, I originated my first principal role on Broadway, but she's still a chorus girl, but like I was a principal. So I had my own number. So I had all these like fancy schmancy people, like the principal cast that I was with. And I'm like, I'm not them. Like I, that's not who I am. And then the ensemble, they had like their, and I love all of them dearly, but I just felt like I was in this point where I like didn't know where I fit in, in this business. Um, I come from the dance world, but I want to be a star, but I just felt like I wasn't, I, I was like, I need something more than just being a selfish actor. And I realized that was my clock going to TikTok, And, uh, I just, I, I was leaving the stage door crying too much. And so I, I told Clyde, we had, we had thought that we were going to, this was in January. I just turned 31 and we thought we were going to wait until like, October to start trying um, because I was still in the show. And, and uh, I just, I was crying too much every night and Clyde's like, let's just, let's just start. And I'm, and I'm like, but we don't have any money. And we don't, you know, like it's not the right time. And what about my career? And I don't know what I, you know, all this stuff. And he assured me that everything's going to be okay. And I, and I've said this a lot, the best advice I got was from Kelly O'Hara because she also, she, she got pregnant in that show um, with her second. And she said to me, cause I told her, I'm like, I'm really conflicted. Like, I feel like this is what I want right now. And she says, Robin, you're never going to have enough money. It's never going to be the right time. And there's always going to be a job you're going to miss out on. And I was like, you're right. And then we started, I was like, fuck it. Let's go. Let's go. Let's saddle up. And we did it. And we were very fortunate. <laughs> like we did it. <laughs> <laughs> Figuratively and literally, we did it. Um, <laughs> so, but we were really fortunate. It was like two two months went by, and then it was actually like this time. I remember March, end of March, uh, beginning of April, that I found out that I was pregnant with Hudson, and and it was it was amazing. It was so exciting, and it worked out it worked out perfectly with the show because we got our closing notice like a month later after I found out I was pregnant and we were going to close in two months. It was literally at the end of my first trimester, which I was like, well, that's perfect. I couldn't really go any further than that because again, I, I do shows that I don't wear a lot of clothing in. It's like uh, costumes. Yeah. So, um, yeah. For so the world who doesn't know they it, it's in your contract. You have to stay fitting in those, con- in those damn yeah, costumes. It's like you can't change your physical appearance. And that's really, Ugh, this business it's it's rough <laughs> yeah it's it's really not the most uplifting business but at the end of the day when th- there's something about that two and a half hours though when you're in it like it everything else from all of those goddamn white cards and notes that you get and like do better at this do better at that that two and a half hours is blissful yeah it really is it's that it's a drug i call it a drug and i wish i could quit <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? It's like being, trying to, trying to balance it, you know, women in show business and, and wanting to have a family. It's like this constant balance and it's, and it's such a struggle. And sometimes you feel like you're kind of nailing it. And then, but most of the time you just feel like I'm, you're never going to have enough. It's never going to be good enough and you're never doing the right thing. Um, and I wish I could just do something else, but I can't because I love it too much. Cause it's, it's, it's a literally a drug to me and I'm not fully myself without it. Right. I mean, it, it it's such a true statement that Confucius said of do what you love. And mm-hmm. it's, and it just, when you are drawn into that world, it just, it pumps in your veins and it's hard to let it go. Oh yeah, it is. I'm, I'm, I'm still struggling with that right now where I'm just like, God, so how was it navigating for you with the, the show closes and you are pregnant expecting Hudson? How was your pregnancy journey with having to say goodbye to the stage? Not, not permanently, but 
for the time? Like how, how was it for you uh, emotionally dealing with that? And now your body is changing. It was a goddamn disaster. It was so, it was awful. (laughs) I mean, I listen, uh, there, there are the women they are like, I love being pregnant. And it's like such a blessing. Of course, it's a fucking blessing. Like, of course it is. Like, I feel like that goes without saying, but no one's talking about the fact that like, especially women who are like, you know, I sing and dance and act on stage. I also am a certain type, which I love to be, but I don't, I need to hold up a certain physicality. And this is who I've been my whole career. And of course I, I want to bring life into this world. But then there's also, you sacrifice everything. It's it's like my, it really started hitting me at like uh, like six, seven months when, I mean, it, it started right off the bat when I just started thickening in the show. Like the first like eight weeks, I was really like terrified. I was losing my waistline and I was just like, what's happening? I just look fat. <laughs> you know what I mean, like it just, I look terrible. I look like a log. I, I just, what is this? And it, and then it got cute when you pop out and you're like, oh my God, my little baby bump. Oh I was thinking cute, right? Everyone is just so adorable in that like 20, 20, 20 weeks, weeks, 20 weeks yeah. where you're just like cute, just a little bump. And, uh, and then the weight starts gaining like a, just so much. You just start seeing seeing yourself transform oh, and I had jowls. Don't even get me started. I, you, you rolled me into rooms. It's I'm good. going to send you a picture. There are friends that call me two Oh Oh because on my d- delivery day, when I, I had to see plan C-section, um, I got on the scale and I was like, they're like, you don't have to look at the scale. And I'm like, no, I want to see it. I want to see 200. And sure enough, they went, and it was, I was 200 pounds. Now, let me say this. It's not, it, it wasn't even just like, I lost my identity and I went absolutely insane. Um, I also like my back I had in nice work earlier, I had torn my um, L5 S1 disc and it was degenerative and it was, it was awful. Um, and I was in a lot of pain from that. I, I definitely did a lot of physical therapy to strengthen it. But once I got pregnant and the belly started getting bigger and pulling, pulling my weight forward and I already have a hyper flexible back and it was pulling it forward. And when I say, my sciatica, <laughs> like it, 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 I was incapable of some days walking. Like I couldn't, I thought I was going to be that cute mom, like on the stair master, like elliptical, like working out. I thought I was, cause I'm a, I'm a fit person and I love, I love working out. Movement is your passion. I love it. And I couldn't, I could not move. I couldn't exercise. And I remember not my, my regular OB, but when I was 30 weeks, this other doctor from the practice, cause you know how they start rotating them. Like when you get closer to your due date, like if you're in a, a bigger practice, they start rotating the doctors. And this one guy said to me, he's like, well, you're already, you've gained all the weight you should gain. And that's a little nerve wracking. Cause you have about, you know, eight, eight more weeks. And I was like, mm-hmm. he's like, so you should diet now. And I was like, but I'm, I'm like, you know, I had gained like whatever, 25, 30 pounds by then. And I was telling him about my, my thing. I'm like, I'm not just like sitting on the couch and eating Twix. Like, I mean, sometimes I did, but like, you know, I, I'm literally like, I can't exercise. And so he's giving me all these stretches and I was like, shut up. You don't know. You don't know what, what dancers do. And, um, it was, it was really bad. I mean, I, I just, I couldn't do anything and I just gained 50 pounds and it wasn't even like 50 pounds that, uh, can fall off with breastfeeding. It was, it was actual weight. And that after having a child, after having him, that was, that first year was, um, obviously amazing, but it was also, it was the hardest year of my life until like the pandemic and all this stuff happened. <laughs> but, but back oh, then it was, it was, stopped. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, um, it was so hard. It was so hard to get the the weight off and I was breastfeeding. I mean, I had, I was breastfeeding for a solid year and it didn't start to go off until I ended up working again and like really working and, um, you know, dieting, which I don't, I mean, you know, it's just really watching what I eat. Well, I have to ask you, um, cause you had mentioned that you had an elective, uh, C-section mm-hmm. and that actually is something that a lot of moms I have found 
don't really like to admit to it. I, I'm like, hands up. I had one. I had a plan. I wanted a, a C-section. Do you find like, do, do you find that perhaps like that, like there's a stigma to that? Like, do, do you find that like you were a bit like, oh no, I don't want to tell anyone that I want an elective C-section? Um, well, the, I didn't. So I had a C-section because he was breech. He was just like I, me in my mama's belly. I mean, his head was here and his feet were here and he did not move from like 26 weeks on. He just sat okay. there. Um, I, but I don't know for me, I, I don't know. I just, I just love people and I, I don't, I don't put judgment on anybody. I wish, I wish more people could have an open mind like this because I was just like, who the fuck cares how you, you get the human out, like get the oh, human out. All yeah. I mean, I don't care. I looked at it. I was like, I still have my vagina. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Sorry, that's a lot of information, but I was like, damn. I mean, I don't have to go through that. And I've got a, a little scar and it's not like maybe I, I have heard and, you know, felt like judgment. Like it's like, you're not a, a real warrior unless you, you push that baby out. And I'm like, I don't, I don't really care. That's yours. That's your journey. And this was mine. And if I get pregnant again, and I would like to try, I mean, I don't really care. I'm like, I probably won't last. I'll be like, give me every single drug you have. Like, I'm not about being like, oh, I want to have a natural childbirth. But like, if they're like, you're going to have a C-section, I'm like, great. I don't care. What I care about is my healthy baby coming out <laughs> and thriving. You know what I mean? So I wish more people could just get on that bandwagon and not be so, just stop being so judgmental. Literally stop. Everyone needs to stop. Everyone needs to stay in their lane. Well, if you have any um, words of wisdom on, on how we all can do that, Robin, I am all ears. I'm trying every day, trying to figure that, that one out. And well, I'm, I'm ears are wide open on that. You navigating now you have gorgeous Hudson and mm -hmm. I, I I definitely know that the spark of and the love of the stage has not gone anywhere. Mm -hmm. So when did that kind of go, wait, okay, it's time. Like wh when was the aha of like Robin Herter is mom, but ready to hit the stage again? It was, it was two years after he was about, he was uh, maybe like 18 months and um, Shakespeare theater company in DC was doing a production of kiss me Kate. And when I say I got these roles that I want to do with my life, it well, that's, lowest like, that's like the gorgeous role for you. So, yeah. And I, and I wanted to do something that no one else has done with it. Um, and I, it was just the right, it was, it, I was like, this is it. This is what I want to do. I'm ready. And just so happened that Clyde was cast as um, Bill Calhoun. <laughs> So we, it was, it was sickeningly adorable. Um, and we went to DC and that's where I'm showing you my tattoo right now, this heart. It's just the most, the most sad, basic done at three in the morning heart at some place in DC. And, uh, it was my 34th birthday. And I just, I was, Clyde took me out and I was like, I feel alive. Like I feel, I feel like this is the beginning of something like I'm going to, do so much more than I did before I had Hudson. I don't know what it is, but I just feel like this is my time. And I just love everything. And I just, and, and we went to this like salsa club and I saw the tattoo parlor across the street. And I was like, after we do this, we're going to go get a tattoo. Cause I just want like a heart. And I did. I woke up the next morning. And I'm like, no, oh. cocktails involved. No, no cocktails involved. It was no, I, I mean the way, the way I, the amount that I had, and they didn't care. They're like, yeah, sure. You want a heart? It was like $180 for this thing. It's such a piece of crap, but you know what? I love it so much because of the story behind it. And I literally woke up and I looked at my wrist. I was like, oh, I did do that. <laughs> just a 34-year-old mother of a two-year-old still rocking it, just still being Robin, just so scrappy and like extra. Um, but that was it. That was, that was the time that I was like, it's on. And then after that, Hudson's Chicago been you on. Hudson's been by your side. So Hudson's been by your side reading you on. So he's no he, he's not shy to this to the stage door. So let's let's talk about when you were cast as Nini in Moulin Rouge. 
Mm-hmm. That was a journey. Um, but it was, uh, you know, I had already been Moulin Rouge was like an overlap with Chicago. Cause I'd gone back into the show playing my original, like I, I first went into Chicago in t- 2007. I played Mona for like six months. And then no, I think Clark- I was touring it in 2007 when you were on Broadway, I was touring it and then was in Abu Dhabi and Dubai as Hanyak. Yes. Oh my gosh. I totally remember that time when you guys were in Dubai because Roz Ryan came back yes. from Dubai showing me all yeah. of her bracelets that she got yeah. there. Oh my God. Hilarious. Yeah. Um, so we did do the same show, but never together. exactly not together. Yeah. Um, but so I did that then. And then I came back when Clyde and I decided we wanted to buy a house, uh, uh North of the city. Um, we were like, I was like freaking out and I was like, babe, what are we doing? We're going to an ex- inspection of a house with no employment. Like, what are we doing? But we knew we wanted to live out here and we're just like jumping and leaping and just waiting for the net to catch us. Um, and I text my friend Donna Marie Asbury and I was like, girl, is there anything open up opening up in Chicago right now? I need a job. And she's like, actually your old track is, is opening up for a leave of absence. Angel Rita was leaving and she, funny enough, she was the one that took over for me in 2007. And so I was like, let me, you know, it was, it was Mona. So I, I knew it and it covered Roxy, which was my dream. I just wanted to get on stage as her too. But um, yeah, so I went back into that and then, th- so this was 2016 and then 2017 was when, the whole Moulin Rouge thing started popping up and I ended up doing the lab, doing double duty. Um, and yeah, it was, uh, that's when, that's when, um, the balance got really, really hard and really, really difficult. And also with Clyde, who is also a performer, he kind of took the role cause it, it has to be this way for us. He took the role as just like the stay at home dad. Um, and Hudson was now in school full time and the, the struggle between just the grind of eight shows a week. My commute is an hour over an hour from the city, from my house. Um, and the going dealing with mom guilt. It's, it's, it's constant. It's just constant. But fortunately, like uh, Clyde and I as partners is, I'm so grateful that we have such an open line of communication that I, we can communicate about how we're feeling. Um, and not taking anything personally. Um, so that was so, uh, it was so detrimental. Like if I didn't, if we didn't have, if we weren't on the same page the whole time, I probably would have quit because I, I wouldn't be able to handle it. Cause I was gone so much. And then there was a point in time where I was, uh, doing double duty, where I was doing the lab of Moulin Rouge during the day and then doing Chicago at night. So there was like a, a span of like five weeks that I wasn't even home. Like I stayed in the city because I had to, I couldn't finish Chicago, go home and get home at like after midnight, 1230 in the morning, and then wake up at six to catch a bus to go back into the city to do rehearsals for, you know, from 10 to six. So that was a really rough go. Um, but I did it and you know what, and I look back at it and it's, I always say it's like, it's a moment and the moments pass. And I say that I'm saying that to myself every single day right now, where I'm like, this is just a moment and these moments pass, you know, good, bad, ugly, amazing. We just need to make sure to live in it anyway, going on tangents, but, um, no, but it's it's, it's important to recognize that you are, you know, it, it does take an army and it takes a shit ton of support to have a child and to have a partner that through thick and thin is going to be there to lift you up. I mean, that it's, it's a glorious thing to have, you know, your partner who shares in the same business as you, um, you know, is truly a ride and die. And, you know, what, what you did with, with Moulin Rouge and like, I, I mean, for me, I, I've been cheering you on from across the pond in London because um, I've obviously not been able to come see it physically mm-hmm. um, yet, but um, one day I will. Um, to see you go through that journey on the good old Instagram um, was magical because, you know, f- from the chorus girl, if you will, to freaking Tony nominee, I mean, who was more excited? Was it you or was it Hudson? 
I mean, Hudson doesn't, it's so funny and I love it this way. He is such a boy. He's all boy and he's, but he's all me. Like he is such an, he is such an attention whore. It's like, it's, it's incredible. It's incredible how much he's me. Um, but he doesn't care. He doesn't care what I do. He like, he, he was, he was like, yay, mommy, yay, mommy, you won. And I was like, I didn't win, but I did win. Um, <laughs> I'm like, I, I mean, this has been the biggest, one of the biggest goals for me um, is to, to be nominated. And of course, one day I want to win one, but like, he was just, he could, he is so, uh, which I love. He's so sensitive to energy and he feels it immediately. So he knew that this was one of the biggest things that's happened like in our house. You know what I mean? So he was, he was really, really excited. But the truth is I, I was, I was severely hung over that day. Like when I tell you how hungover I was, it was one of the like, top five and he literally, I was just throwing up and he was like, mommy, do you want a bucket? And I was like, yes, baby. And so he literally brought me a bucket to put near my head while they announced my name. <laughs> That's that. I mean, it's so me. It's so on brand. It's ridiculous. So, I but love I love it. it. It's a story. It's just it, a story. It, it, is there another tattoo involved? <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting. I know. I keep, I keep having these plans to get it, to get another tattoo of something. And I, I haven't, I haven't gotten there yet. Well, as Hudson is your your biggest cheerleader, and, and I, I know Clyde is as well, but um, you know, it's it's quite the the challenge, if you will, to always be up, right? To always keep that like engine of just like positivity, happy, 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 and all of that. And and even with you know your son offering you a bucket, um, <laughs> you know, we, we do have our, you know, moments and our, our sad moments and our downtimes and, um, you know, what you have recently gone through, mm-hmm. um, publicly is, um, you know, is it's a, it's a topic that again, I, I, how I said earlier about, you know, having a cesarean, that, that topic can be very, oh, to some, but this one also, um, is something, I mean, and now my heart is starting to race. I'm going to share that. Um, having a miscarriage is fucking awful. And the comment of, oh, it's just a common thing for, you know, it slices and it hurts so bad. And, you know, I appreciate you coming on to the Busy Mumsy podcast to share your experience. Um, I actually, you know, when, when I, I I know I'd messaged you and I, I had my miscarriage last year in, um, in, in 2021. I'm like, God, what year are we in now? Um, Because this is just like, I still get so worked up over this conversation and maybe perhaps because I haven't dealt with it. But I had my miscarriage last year and I just would love to, for you to share your experience of, of how everything kind of played out for you and where you are in your headspace now. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, this is going to be my, my first time actually like speaking about it. And the reason why I, I, I came out and we, we have, we messaged where I was like, if I'm going to do this with you, I want to really do it. And I'm like, I can't, I can't go on and talk about being a mother in show business and hiding this thing, um, that I need to, we need to put this off. We need to postpone it. And I need to, I need to, I need to talk, I need to let it out publicly. Cause I just, I realize I, I, I still having breakdowns, um, and I realized I'm such an open, honest, transparent, authentic person. And that's like my whole thing. And I realized I am, I am stalling my healing, my growth, my strength, everything because I'm hiding behind this and why, and I got so upset that why am I hiding this? Like, why do I feel like it's me? It's Robin. Like, I don't give a shit about anything. I am the girl that gives zero fucks. I will do whatever I want. And I'm like, and I'm not. And why am I so scared? And I just realized I needed to start with writing. I needed to put it out on social media because it was getting, to be very honest, it was getting really annoying. Everyone saying, how's your body? Are you resting? Like, I'm, I'm so glad you're taking care of yourself because everyone thought I was, you know, 
I was hurting because the show's crazy. And of course my body was, was messed up, but I'm like, bitches, <laughs> you think I would, you think I would leave the show two months early? Cause I, I hurt my knee. I would go until it blew the fuck off my leg. Like I'm that hardcore. That I'm like, I would never leave the show early. That's why I've, I figured everybody knew because I'm like, Robin would never bow out like that. But anyway, I'm happy that I'm I'm talking about this um, because I, I realized Clyde, the day that I posted on social media, I lost it. And I said, I just, I can't, I can't do this anymore. I can't hide. I need to, I need to talk about this. And I think it's important because I have so many friends that haven't talked about it. Like they've told me, but they haven't, nobody has Nobody is, nobody is still speaking about it and it, and it does, and it does hurt. Sorry. I'm going to be all over the place. Cause now I'm getting like, my heart's racing. I'm getting like sweaty and emotional. And I'm going to start crying. I know I will, but I am um, the, the comments of, well, at least, you know, you can get pregnant at 40. I'm like that, that doesn't help even though I know. And there was a point in my, in my, when I got pregnant, when we weren't really planning it, I was like, oh damn. Okay you know, dust off those eggs, girl. Woo. <laughs> you know, like it, it happened without us really thinking about it. Um, but saying like, the good news is you can get pregnant. I, I, I get it, but it, it doesn't really help. Um, and then the comment of, it's just so common. Well, if it's so fucking common, why aren't we talking about it? Like we talk about what we had for breakfast. And, and that's the thing. And even, even I've, I've gotten so much love on social, social media and it's really been so therapeutic. Oh my God. The amount of people that I don't want to say that I've helped. Cause it's not about that. I just, I just opened up the door to be like, Hey, you want to talk about this? <laughs> the people are like, thank you. I have been, I reading your posts. I realized I haven't, I haven't dealt with the trauma that I experienced from my miscarriage 20 years ago. And now I have a, a, a 14 and a 17 year old. Um, thank you for bringing this up. And as I, as I have these, these conversations or if, or whenever I post something, I get we, like you, you, me, we get nervous. Why, why are, why are we getting, why are our hearts palpitating? Because if I was five months pregnant, I'd be like, yeah, you know, I'm having cravings. I'm so tired. And this kind of feels like shit. Like we'd be just talking. wonderful. We'd be talking about everything about my pregnancy, right? I mean, I, I would be about 18 weeks right now if I didn't miscarry. And I'd be on here and we would be talking freely about all the, the good things and the shitty things about being pregnant. But, and there would be no heart racing. There would be no, uh, my cheeks getting flushed. There'd be nothing, but I'm about to have a panic attack because I'm talking about something that happened. And I'm like, why do I feel this way? And I just, obviously this is, this is a, this is society like us poor, poor women. <laughs> it's like, we're the, the fiercest creatures on the planet, but we are boxed in to this corner being like, you don't, you don't talk about that. Because why we are, we, are we, uh, we're just so concerned with making other people feel uncomfortable. And that's what I realize. Even when I'm trying to talk about it, like I was drunk last night doing a, a, a lasagna, a cooking show live last night on my Instagram. And I just like kind of mentioned it, but I wasn't fully like, Hey, let's talk about my miscarriage. I was just talking about the next steps and how I'm feeling and stuff like that. But I, I, um, censored myself because I was worried about making the people watching the live uncomfortable. And I think that's really fucked up. You know what I mean? Like, I just wish that it wasn't like this. I wish your space, that's your space. That's your social media space. Exactly. But, and then it's like, uh, sorry, I'm going to be all over the place. It's also like the secrecy of being newly pregnant. We don't talk about it because the baby might die. I mean, literally, like that's why we're not supposed to. I told a lot of people right off the bat, A, because I don't, I needed to tell my entire family because in show business and I don't wear any clothing, I was like, it's my, my pits are going to explode and people are going to be like that. What's going on with you? My belly was going to, was already the bloat was popping out. I was like, I will die if people at work find out before my own mother and father. No. 
But then I felt sheepish being like, yeah, I'm only five weeks. But I'm like, or my friends, you know, I, I, I told Clyde, I'm like, I have to tell my best friends. Like I have to tell them. And we don't tell people because in case of a miscarriage. And in my mind, I'm like, well, I would tell them. Why would I keep a secret from my from my friends? Like I would I would tell them if I had a miscarriage. So can I talk about the fact that I'm newly pregnant and can we celebrate that and have that good energy vibrating around me? It's just um I don't know, the whole thing. It's really confusing and it's still it's still there's such a stigma around it because I don't, you know, I don't think there's enough of us out there that's just like, can we, can we stop this? You need, you know, it takes a lot of, a lot of strength and thick skin. And I don't know, uh, to, to come forward and talk about it, but I really do feel like it's really important to just try to help people. Cause it really is. It's like, it was so, um, shocking to me to, to see how many women, or like I just suffered in silence. So you, you talking about this gives me strength that maybe I'll actually talk about it with my friends and maybe that will actually give me some closure or actually let me heal from the trauma. Sorry. I don't even know if any of that shit just made sense. No, <laughs> no. You know what I want to share with you is my mom who is 60. Oh God, she's probably will kill me now. 67. She's 67. Yeah. <laughs> Um, she confessed to her miscarriage when I called and told her that I had a miscarriage. And she never told you earlier. And she never told me. This is my best friend. This is my number one who I talk to every day. And she just like, well, we just didn't talk about it back then. And I, I said to her, well, mom, we're not doing much talking about it now. Yeah, And it's so bananas and what your body goes through in the miscarriage so my busy mumsies as you know from listening to the show i wanted to make this podcast to support my other mama bears out there those of us who are juggling family life work life health and everything else that we attempt to cram into our day one of the biggest words that kept coming up for me when i thought of creating this podcast was empowerment which led me to reaching out to one brand in particular who could support my listeners, a brand which is the epitome of empowerment, in my opinion, Fabletics. I always feel amazing when I'm wearing their gorgeous items, and I want you to have that same experience too. Look, like a lot of moms, I'm a leggings gal. I live and breathe in them. Even when I was expecting Adia, I just rocked out their pregnancy range. So thank you, Fabletics, for making me feel fab when I wasn't feeling my most fabulous. They offer loud, fun, vibrant colors, which matches my personality, loud and coffee-infused. They also offer streamlined staples that work well from workout to brunch. So here's what to do. Click the link in the show notes now and you, my busy mumsies, can grab two beautiful pairs of stunning leggings for just 24 pounds. Trust me when you see yourself in these leggings, your legs, your tushy are going to be like boom shakalaka. You're going to feel fab. Click the link in the show notes right now to get this exclusive offer. I love that Fabletics have come on board as our sponsor for this episode. So check out the link as supporting them also helps to support this show. Too. Now I don't know, and 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 please, if you feel like sharing, I mean, I had the DNC. I so, did too. Um, so was we, yours? A, was yours a, a missed miscarriage or like? Um, so I went in for my fourth. I, I was going in for the harmony test. They tell for the yeah. gender to I'll do all the testings. So I was like fourteen weeks. Okay. And they said the baby, well, I lost the baby at around 10 and a half. And it had just been, I had not passed the baby because that can happen. Um, yeah. And you can go through that whole process, but then you can also have the DNC. And, yeah. but tell me how you were feeling after the DNC, because it's as if you are going through again, postpartum, like it's. Oh. Man. Well, yeah, I mean, I, uh, 
I, I was, I was earlier than you. Um, but I, I was, I remember that, that appointment, it was my eight week appointment. And I, I just told Clyde, I'm like, I just, I feel, I am so nervous. Like, I don't know why I am so nervous. And I just, I mean, I got like some magic intuition. It's not that I thought that I didn't have a baby living inside me. I just, I just had this feeling. Um, and when I realized it, you know, I should have been eight weeks and the baby stopped or the pregnancy stopped at, um, five and a half. Of course I had given my notice at Moulin Rouge and I'm like, I'm like, Oh my God, I've been walking around for three weeks with like, it's not, there's nothing growing anymore. It's like dead. Right. And it's like that really messed with my mind that I'm like, body, why didn't you, why didn't you just expel it? Why, like, why aren't you working properly? And it is obviously working properly. This was not meant to be obviously there was, you know, and again, very, very common, but like this happens all the time. I think we probably have had like eight miscarriages in our life without us even realizing it. You know what I mean? Because it can happen so soon and you just think you're getting your period. Um, but I told her, you know, the situation, I was like, she, she understands. She saw the show. She knows what I do. She's like, if you, I'm like, I, I'm a natural girl. And I just would love to see if this happens. Like maybe it'll hold off another two weeks, even though I didn't want to be dancing with something like that inside me. Um, but she's like, I don't suggest the pills. I'm like, I will never, ever do the pills because everyone I've talked to says it's horrific. And they end up having to have the DNC anyway. Um, but she says, Robin, I just, I think we, we need to take care of it because you don't, you don't want to be going through a miscarriage your final week of the show. You probably won't be able to do it. And that would be horrendous after all of this to actually like not even be able to finish the show as shitty as my situation was. She's like, let's just, we just need to do it. So I was terrified because I didn't really, I, I had researched it, but again, like and I was looking on YouTube for videos and it's interesting that there's, there's actually not too many videos about that either, which I thought was really interesting and telling you get all the videos on YouTube about my two week wake weight symptoms and all that stuff. But like, there is nothing about like, this is my experience with a miscarriage and a DNC. Um, but I have to say like everybody, uh, at, at my doctor's office, everyone was, it was, I, it couldn't have gone better if, if you can talk positively about a, a shitty situation. I, it was, I couldn't believe actually how easy it was. Um, I went in, I did all the pre-op stuff. Um, I was terrified and I was terrified of the, 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 um, the IV, because I just remember from Hudson, that was actually the most painful part. I was like, I don't want to get the IV. You know, it hurt so bad the last time, but the, she was amazing. The anesthesiologists were amazing. Um, and something that's like burned in my memory is my doctor comes up right before she's, she changes into, into her blues. She calls it. And she said, how are you feeling? And I said, I'm terrified. And I'm confused. And she goes, it's okay. It's okay to feel all those things. I said, and I said to her, and I know this is a lot of information, but I like literally choking back tears. I said, (sighs) I said to her, I don't believe it. I said, I just wish I bled. And I wish I had pain, but I still feel pregnant. And she says, I know, Robin. I know. She's like, but we saw it. It's there. You saw it. We saw that there was, you know, there was just, just the beginning of the fetal pole being developed. And then I told her, and I keep saying this to myself, and I'm trying to tell myself not to say it anymore, but I keep calling it the pregnancy because the first thing, after I found out I miscarried and I held my shit together with Clyde until I got into the car and I lost it, obviously. My first thing out of my mouth was at least it didn't have a heartbeat. Trying to make myself feel like, um, it wasn't really a baby yet. And I think that's what fucked me up and why I'm still breaking down now because it doesn't matter. You know, it, it really doesn't like 
it's still death and it's still loss and you still feel guilt that you did something wrong. Even though I know everyone's like, you didn't do anything wrong. Of course, we all know that, but it doesn't matter. There's, there's mother's guilt. It, your it feels like your body, like it failed you and there's something wrong with you. You feel like a failure. It's all that. Um, but yeah, I just feel like, uh, I need to, I'm really trying to tell myself to stop saying that that it it didn't have a heartbeat because I'm trying to convince myself it wasn't really a pregnancy, but it was. You still go through all those feelings and you still fantasize about this amazing new chapter that was really unexpected. And you're like, whoa, we're doing this again. And you, you talk and you talk and you talk about it and then it doesn't happen. And then on top of that, I'm like, I just got forced out of my show. Like, I'm like, I, I was, I was going to leave for the best role of my life again. Nothing touches that. Nothing touches that. And then I'm on stage, which my last show was something of Broadway dreams. Like it it was insane how amazing that send off was. And I'm taking, I'm looking up at the stage and thinking I'm taking this bow thinking they all think I'm I'm just leaving because it's my time to go. And I was supposed to be leaving for a baby. And now I'm just leaving and I'm looking at all of you people screaming for me. And, and I'm just, I'm dying inside. (laughs) I mean, it's so messed up. It was so messed up. I'm like, what is happening right now? But thank God, I'm just like, I'm addicted to positivity and I'm addicted to the law of attraction and the universe and I'm not like woo-woo about it, but I'm just like, I I know people hate this term and I hate it myself. Like everything happens for a reason, but I, I have to believe that or else this is a cruel, cruel world. And I really don't believe it is. It's just, this was supposed to happen and I don't know why. And I always immediately want answers. And I'm, I'm not going to get them right now, but I do feel like maybe it'll be in a month or maybe it will be in like three years that I realize that's why that happened. And you go through really, really horrible, shitty things in order to make you the new version of yourself. And I already can feel myself being an entirely new version of Robin, which I'll take. We don't want to stay. We can't stay who we were in the past. We have to keep growing. And I just feel like this speaking out about this is so beneficial. Anyway, thanks, Ashley. (laughs) My first time, the only person that's seen me lose my shit is my husband about this. And um, it's so uncomfortable, but it's like, Come on. It's real. It's real. And, and we have and, to and in motherhood and and all of that is the ups, downs, and all arounds and staying true and authentic to yourself, which Absolutely. is you know, what we can only do for our little ones, right? Because you know, you've got Hudson looking at you and you have to stay true to you. And you know. Yeah. What are you doing for yourself now? I uh, I told I told Robin Herder. Robin Herder, what <laughs> what are we doing? Because it's important. I, I I've said this in in a few other conversations about, and I even said on my social media, like I'm being selfish. I'm doing this for me to find my voice again and to be selfish because I feel like I lost my footing. And Absolutely. when you get kicked and you get kicked and you get kicked. It's just like, Jesus, like when, when is the, you know, when, when is the good stuff happening? So, you know, we, you, you, you've gone down a road and it, it, you know, it was one hell of a road, but mm-hmm. how, how are you now going to, you know, find Robin Herder again? I, um, <clears throat> I told, well, I'm, no, I'm still, I'm still doing it. I told Clyde, I'm going to give myself a month to be batshit crazy. Like I'm going to. I, whatever I feel or however I act, I'm going to allow it. And I apologize in advance. Um, if I seem bitchy or cunty, or I seem crazy, or I'm going to cry, or I want to do this. I want to, you know, I'm like, I just have to allow myself to feel everything and try not to hold anything back. 
And I did that. I, I mean, I, I took a month where I just felt the, felt the way I wanted to feel and did whatever I, I wanted to do. And I was, you know, I mean, I love my booze and I'm not, I wasn't using it as a vice, but I was just like, okay, you know, I didn't drink for like, you know, two, three months. And I'm like, let me just enjoy my wine and my cocktails and all this stuff. And let's go on vacation to Florida. And I realized with me, like going back to like my old Robin self where I just party and we have a good time and client, you know, all the family stuff. I just felt like I still, I, I was blocking myself in. And I realized, and this was just last week, I told Clyde, I'm like, I'm not, I am not moving forward with this because I'm hiding. Like few people know, but nobody knows. And I, and I, and I can't, I can't keep hiding and, and basically lying, keeping out a huge part of my life that is going to define me now. Like it's part of me. And if I want to really be myself I need to actually be myself. And this past week has changed everything. And now I feel like me, like I feel like now I can move forward. I don't want to say move on because I don't, that's not how we should treat going through something like a miscarriage. I just think moving forward, get one foot back in front of the other, and then you get going, running, jogging, sprinting, and then we can, you, you keep going. And I, I just started to feel this week that I can breathe. I can smile, truly smile, truly laugh because now it's like, okay, oh my God, I don't have to hide the fact about that anymore. I just feel like I'm okay. Now I'm me and I'm still doing what I just want to do. Whatever makes me happy. Like, and of course, of course now it's like i'm i'm very confused i feel very foggy in the sense of like i've got this m- motherhood maybe motherhood part 2 and career and of course once to be honest clyde and i were like once we found out we were pregnant it's it realized something i really we really wanted and we're like, I think we really want this. So you think that like right after we're going to start trying. And that's when I was, I, I broke down and I'm like, I don't know what's going on because then all, you know, your agents are coming at you and they're giving you, you, you get this little job offer that happens in July. And then the, there's a prospective thing happening in New York, like maybe in a couple months. And then I start, it's like a drug. It's like feeding me my drugs that I'm just like, uh, 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 uh. And then I'm talking to Clyde and so torn being like, well, wait a minute, hold on. But I love this, but I thought we were going to immediately start trying, but then I don't. So I'm, I'm in that place right now, but, and I don't know, but you know what? I, it's okay. It's okay. Not knowing I'm just trying to really, my goal of the day every day is do what makes you happy. Like there's no room for, uh, putting extra stress on yourself if it's not needed. For instance, I was supposed to have this audition yesterday. (laughs) That's why we were going to film on Tuesday. And I was like, Oh, I have an audition. And this audition, I was like looking at the role and where it was going to be done. And I was just like, I don't want to. I just don't want to, like, I don't like that show. I don't like that role and I don't want to be away and I don't want to. So why do I feel this pressure that I have to like prepare pounds of material for something I don't even want to fucking do. So I'm not going to do it. And then I was like, great, good. I mean, it's, it's just, I'm making sure to remove any extra noise from my life. That's going to halt me from finding joy, finding like only doing things that, that, that spark that little ember inside me. You know what I mean? Whatever it may be, family time, maybe a show. Like, I don't know. You know, I'm just trying to find joy every day and only doing what I truly want to do. Like yesterday I was like, Clyde's like, oh, can you, can you bring Hudson to soccer practice? Cause I got to watch the, the Portugal like qualifying for the world cup. <laughs> and I was like, I need to do my, my cooking show. I just need to like go live and do my cooking show for a couple hours and drink wine and just do the social media thing. I need to do that tomorrow. 
it's going to make, it's going to, or today I was like, it's going to make me happy. So I did. And those little things, just little things all day, just finding little things that, that, that bring you joy. Um, that's what I do. Like today I wore the Clute sisters, hooray for love shirts. I'm like, I love this. Makes me happy. I'm not putting any pressure on myself. Let's say that I'm confused. I don't know. I don't know what is in store, but I also have an immense amount of like honest hope inside. Like I, I, I feel it. And I do have this like magic energy, like law of attraction. And I feel like if I keep putting joy and positivity and love forward, it can only come back to me. So I'm trying to eliminate anything well, that brings me down. Well, I have to say that, you know, eight years of being a mom of the ups, downs and all arounds, I'm sure the gal that you were eight years ago would be standing up and giving you the biggest standing ovation and clapping for you right now. Thank you. And what, what can you just one snippet of of advice to our listeners, um, whether they are expecting or in the thick of it or dealing with a miscarriage. <clears throat> I need one little sliver of advice that you hold very close to your heart. Have your people. I, I, I truly believe you need to have your circle. Like don't, I, I think especially with miscarriage, the word that comes to my mind is alone. I've heard that so much this week alone. I feel so alone, suffering, suffering alone. Like that is awful when it doesn't, it, why is it like that? It doesn't have to be that way. Surround yourself with the people that you love, that love you the same way. I cannot tell you how important it was for me. I am so happy. I told the people I told right off the bat, because guess what? They were there for me immediately. And it wasn't like, what can I do for you? What can I do for you? What they're like, I'm here, whatever you need. If you want to call me, call me. If you want to see me, see me. If you need a text, text me, I'll be there. But just knowing that you have your circle, it makes you feel like you're not alone. You, cause you're not, it's amazing what energy and love can do. It can save you because I couldn't imagine going through this alone. I really couldn't. So that's, that's my advice is have your people, put your people next to you and, and really trust them and love them and lead with love. Always lead with love. Wake up every single day and be like, the goal is always approach everything with the intention of love rather than any sort of negativity. I, and I love that. Well, thank you so much for sharing your time. You have no idea. It's absolutely this is like a therapy session. Thank you, Ashley. <laughs> well, so who do I invoice? I know, right? <laughs> who am I invoicing for this therapy? Oh, my God. When, I, when, I, when I hop across the pond, I'll take you out for drinks. <laughs> <laughs> when, when, when someone asked me, why are you doing a podcast? You're already busy enough. I'm like, because it is cheaper than therapy. <laughs> I mean... It's amazing what, what an open dialogue can do just between two girls or, or men or anything. It's just communicating. It's amazing what real communication can do for uh, relationships, people themselves, you know, it's, it's important. We gotta, we gotta keep talking. Gotta keep talking. Always keep talking. We're going to keep that dialogue well and opened on the busy mumsy podcast. So thank you so much. You're so welcome. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Busy Mumsy Podcast. If you have enjoyed this week's show, then please, please give it some extra love wherever you download your podcast and give it a five-star rating, a high five, a kickball change, a yes, yes, go Busy Mumsies. And don't forget, you can find out more information about this week's guest, what we discussed, and everything else related to the world of Busy Mumsy by clicking the link in the show notes down below. 
Before we sign off, I've got to say one final massive thank you to the sponsor of this episode, Fabletics. I genuinely love this brand. If you follow me on social media, you have most likely seen me in their items in almost every photo and definitely every Define London video. I live in their leggings. I freaking love the collaborations they have with celebrities like Vanessa Hudgens, Maddie Ziegler, Anika Hart. Wait, hold on. Anika Hart, she's got gorgeous kids and I'm sure a few busy mumsy tales to say. So we got to get her on the Busy Mumsy podcast. Well, anyways, click the link in the show notes right now as my Busy Mumsies get an exclusive offer. Two beautiful pair of stunning leggings for just 24 pounds. So go on with your bad self. Click that link in the show notes right now before you head off into your Busy Mumsy day.